Hello, I'm Somi Aryan. I'm the founder of Fempeak, a Web3 education platform where we prepare you to participate in the ownership economy and the next generation of the internet. We are led by women and inclusive to everyone ready to shape the new emerging world order driven by technology. Although we have recently shifted so much of our focus to Web3, we continue to cover other important topics around self-empowerment, career development, and entrepreneurship. My guest at today's podcast is Adam Levy, a former professional poker player turned NFT collector who has gained some serious success in this area. Adam shares with us his thoughts on why so many poker players have been so early to the NFT space, many of whom with notable amounts of success. We discuss personality traits of NFT adopters and some nuances about the NFT space. It was a great conversation and I think many of you listening will have a few light bulb moments like I did. Here's my conversation with Adam Levy. Um, all right, so uh, you started in poker. It seems like I'm seeing a pattern here, like Zeneca uh, 33, you probably know him as well, right? So uh, he's also uh, started in uh, you know, in poker. So it's, I've seen a pattern, quite a lot of people are converting from poker to NFTs. Why do you think that is? Well, I think it's kind of like a, the perfect mixture of like, like it's kind of like a adult poker tournaments, I guess, to some extent, like, you know, like as a kid, you're like this, like poker tournaments are so much fun. You love the, the randomness of it. Um, I like, I like the competitiveness of it. The fact that like there was glory at the end, Whereas like some other people are kind of, you know, different personalities that they, they're fine with the just cash games where you just play day one, day two, like you just play day in, day out. There's no like winning or anything. There's no like tournament winning. Mm. You're not, there's no end. Sorry. That's what I mean. Like, like tournaments, you're like, everyone starts with the same amount. It's all fair. And then five days later or something like there's someone who's victorious. Mm. Um, and I just have always loved tournaments and yeah, granted like NFTs aren't really a tournament, but like, I love the randomness of tournaments. The fact that we all start with the same amount and then someone eventually figures out a way to get all the chips. Mm. Um, whereas like, it's kind of, you know, there's a lot of randomness in, uh, NFTs as well. And a lot of, uh, I mean, maybe that's specifically for me. Like I've always been fired up by like, you know, like just tournaments and the idea of like someone coming out victorious, but um, there's a lot of incomplete information for the broader, you know, why there's a lot of poker players in there. There's a lot of incomplete information that you have to figure out on the fly, which is very much like a hand of poker. So like, for instance, let's say that, um, well, let's just go with like board apes back in the day, yeah. like, um, back in the days and not even a year ago <laughs> <It's just crazy. laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but um there was there like that first weekend there were multiple times where i had to like let's say i had like five ethereum that i could play around with i had to like figure out like hey you're kind of like managing like your money a little bit kind of like in poker like bankroll and then be like you're staring at something that you know a bit about, but not all of it about. Like you don't know who the and how much are. was it at that time? I mean, maybe it was like you know um, the expensive ones that weekend. I ended up buying one for three ETH. Mm -hmm. um, 
and that one's like, I don't know, 250 now or something. Mm -hmm. I don't have that anymore, but. Um, oh, did you sell it? Yeah, I sold it for five ETH. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, like you're, there's also, that's, a, there's, there's, honestly, I could, we could probably have the entire podcast on why there's so many similarities between poker and NFTs. Because yet again, yeah. when you like buying an NFT is kind of like a hand of poker where once you buy it you don't really like well maybe in poker it's a little more immediate whether you made a mistake or not but it's not always immediate mm. whereas like actually yeah they're both similar because like nfts you're like you might get some information right away being like oh wow this is such a great buy but you might not see the like uh the change in price for a long time so you have to inherently know that it's a good buy or a bad buy on the spot, but you can't a hundred percent know that. Yeah. So, and that kind of happens with poker where sometimes you'll just win a hand and you'd be like, Oh, I played that so well or whatever, but really like you just got lucky mm -hmm. and you know, you might not find that out for months until like all of a sudden you start losing. Um, so it is hard to decipher in the spot, but ultimately I know I'm kind of all over the place because it's such a, it's not a it's not a simple answer for why poker players are good there's so many reasons like for me like if i make a mistake on an nft um that's like a lesson learned and the same thing would happen with a uh, um poker because if i if i made a mistake like or even if i didn't make a mistake i would at least replay the hand to make sure like what i did was right or wrong yeah and you kind of do that with nfts like like when I'm like thinking of buying that, like going back to that analogy, when I was thinking of buying like this board eight for three Ethereum that weekend, like granted, I wouldn't advise that as far as like bankrolls concerned or anything, but um, it was so, it's so daunting that it, it's really only two clicks. All you're doing is clicking like buy now and then confirm on like, you know, your wallet. And then it's in there. It's on, you know, it's out there on the blockchain as long as the gas is high enough. But it still takes a lot when you're just staring at there at it and being like, am I really going to spend $10,000 on this, on this yeah. silly picture? And, and you have to kind of go through this, like, it's really an emotional experience. I'm it is. Yeah. I, I remember like buying the uh, World of Women Galaxy, but like when... I didn't get on the mint, uh, so I bought on the secondary, but same day. And on that same day, it was actually, the price has fallen now since then. So I actually got it for like a higher price than what it is. Yeah. I do believe that I will probably go back up. You know, I think that, it, I think it would do well. It's still, you know, that that project is really interesting and I think it would do well. And it's not just about the price, you know, I, I felt like I just wanted to be part of that community you know and be part of the um although you know I'm, I'm yet to fully understand how their community works because uh i went to their discord and it seems like the discord is not necessarily closed and so i'm not entirely sure what i got <laughs> for you know my you know like my the the um nft that i bought but you know they've generated such an interesting brand already and i think that you know they're obviously being probably the first um, you know female-led kind of um you know big uh nft project like that so so uh look uh, it was like i got it for one 1.6 eth and you know i'm running a 
a startup, you know, and I pay my uh, our own country, you know, like our NFT developer, you know, I pay them in ETH. I had to pay to ETH to get everything onto the, you know, onto the blockchain. Yeah. So it's like ETH really matters to me, right? Like I don't have like endless amount of ETH to keep pay- paying for these things. But it was like, um, it, you know, like exactly what you say, like you're looking at that price and you think, okay, this is like 1.6 ETH. Okay, this is like nearly $6,000. You know, like, do I really want to do this? You know, and and um, yeah, it's a, it's an emotional decision, definitely. Yeah. And, and what's crazy is like, let's go a little more extreme. Like there's some, uh, I think the biggest buy I made was 20 ETH. But there's some people that have like, uh, um, you know, spent like, that amount like or they've spent uh equivalent of a house on an nft yeah it's too like it's crazy it's like you you might spend like months trying to find a house meeting all these different people a lot of man hours just looking around going wherever or whatever you know (laughs) like oh let's check out this house let's check out this one you have to pay the realtor whatever and then you just decide you want to buy this gold ape and it's a million dollars and it's two clicks (laughs) (laughs) so 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 what's the total that you have spent on nfts and how much is that collection worth now if you don't mind sharing you know that's i, think I have no idea no i idea. don't know i'd say that I, i've spent a lot and it's roughly. worth a lot more <laughs> what roughly like i mean i'd say like uh i i don't know probably spent like yeah i really have no idea because um, if you, but, if you the, mo- the most expensive one that you bought was 20 uh, ETH and like yeah. you got a, a collection. So let's say maybe you've spent about 50 to 100 ETH and now that's probably worth like five, 600 ETH, if not more, right? Like because some of them will, or maybe even a thousand ETH. So it's still like depending on, because some of them will have gone up massively and some of them will have gone up a little bit. But on the whole, you have you have uh, won, right? That's yeah. Like, uh, on the whole. I mean, there's, yeah, I'd say like, um, it's probably that's probably about a rut where it is but um the funny thing is that there's it's possible that there's more losers than winners <laughs> you think so but like yeah that's interesting i don't know if i don't know if definitely that would be the case i think that the losers the we like if you are early enough uh because this this space is so young you know like um around the world like there's only about a million people who are in the nft game yeah. and and like uh, you know there are only 300 million people in the whole of crypto in general so it's a very very early space so i i think it's almost hard to lose money right now because every pretty much you know a lot of these things that as long as there's like a, a real team behind it and you know they're building etc yeah you well, know like, well, let, let me like rephrase that a little bit like, i'm definitely being a little hard on myself but um there's a lot of projects that are just like either break even or slightly above, like, like slightly in profit or losers. There's a lot of that. And then there's very few that are like, like just cream of the crop blue chips, but those blue chips will outweigh any of like, let's say you like, like look at board ape or even like clone X or something. Like I got a clone X at two ETH. And now the floor is like 18 and I've been given like 10 ETH worth of um, airdrops or yes, eight ETH worth that's of another thing, right? Like, yeah. So it's like, it's like, I literally probably that one clone X is probably paying for like 
it could be up to a hundred of bad NFTs or something, mm -hmm. you know, like, like that I've, I've spent on. So it's like, really, if you can find like the, the winner and hone in on that, like, honestly, I think the people that probably do the best are the, the ones with the most money who just are like, I'm just buying like 20 or 30 NFTs. Um, but like and and they're just like the best but i never really got in like obviously it's nice to make money mm -hmm. and that can be a little um addicting for yeah. sure because all of a sudden <laughs> you're just like you want to more, make more but i i'm kind of like in it for a lot of like just there's a lot of other ancillary things i've gotten from just having nfts like access Access. Like, that's the most yeah. interesting part to me like for example i just signed up uh, for a raffle for moonbirds it's because i want yeah. access to the community right it's not necessarily because i want the picture of a, a moonbird you know <laughs> you know like exactly. or, or even just the money you know whatever uh, you know but it's like the project you know their ceo is kevin rose you know, I want him on my podcast. I want him to, you know, see what we are doing. You know, I want to get access to that community. Like, I think that uh, you get, you know, you build a kind of camaraderie with the people that are in that space. You know, it's like a, a exclusive club, right? And uh, you want to get in with uh, the people who are in that club. So even with Fempeak, for example, I think uh, our early members, you know, people who are our premium members, we are giving them so much uh, attention and so much work. You know, we've got, um, I give them so much access to me, you know, from, uh, uh, you know, and I'm working 15 hours a day, you know, like, but I make time, like people email me, I respond to them. I sit there, but till 1am respond to them, you know, because I really want to build that really strong relationship with them. So tell me a little bit about, you know, you talked a little bit about the personality uh, type of people who are in, um, uh, in things like, um, uh, you know, poker, and, and that's part of the reason why you think that they're getting in. But this is paying for them really handsomely because they've been quite early to this space. You know, they've been able to, you know, uh, gain access into these communities, gain access to those airdrops, etc. So um, what is about that personality? I think because whatever that trait is, I feel like that's a good trait to teach um, because it seems like something that's like really useful for being an early adopter. Would you say that an element of that is also patience that you kind of need to be patient to kind of learn to, you see, for example, I, I um, had somebody who wanted to get on our whitelist and he found it so difficult. Like he was like, I've already signed up for this thing. And like, now I, you are asking me to create a MetaMask. What is a MetaMask? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, what is that thing that gives you the patience to kind of say? Well, I think there is like, uh <clears throat> patience i don't know if it's specifically for that but i would say that patience is important in like with like terms of buying something and then understanding it's probably not going to go up right away and you need to just be okay with like it's like patience in terms of money you know like in poker you're not always going to see the returns right away but if you're good and you're better than people are you're eventually going to make some money it's the same thing here where you have to wait for the community to kind of or the team to build and stuff. But for what I think, um, kind of like the, going back to what you're like, that person who kind of, that person didn't really have much patience. 
Um, I think it's not all completely th that. It's also like, it's like someone's learned too, like enough already. Mm. Like what I've discovered is there are some great, very talented people in many different worlds who just do not have the time or bandwidth to like learn or know where to learn mm -hmm. about this stuff. And then once they learn about something that seems so like I went through this in 2016 when I got into crypto, like we all went through it. You went through it. You yeah, know, I, you're like, yeah, I, I started, I got in since 2018, started really learning about yeah. it. And, and it probably took you a bit to understand what the heck a MetaMask was or, you know, oh, what yeah, are these definitely. stupid numbers and letters and stuff. <laughs> and, but like, I think because of um, poker kind of having that technical background already, Mm -hmm. where you're like looking through numbers and stats and trying to be like oh this guy's like raising 24% of the time or something and then you're trying to want to counteract that um it kind of made me a little more and also just being on the internet for so long um kind of just made me a little more welcoming to stuff like this maybe not necessarily adept but I was like a little more open and like ready to like understand kind of it but it still took me a bit like I don't know why, because looking back, it's so simple. Like mm -hmm. there's numbers and letters that just denote like where your address is. But like now I'm like, or back then I was like, this is so technical. It's like off-putting almost. Like it was so hard for me to understand what I was doing. You know, I don't know. Like, what is this supposed to even mean? But um, eventually you just get used to it. And then um, I'm an early adopter and I tell my poker buds about it eventually. And they're kind of like the people who there's, it, it's funny because there's different groups of people in poker. It's like early adopters like me. And then there's people who are like, like very stubborn about it. And, but eventually like they're like other, they can't, they, they, they're able to discern that this isn't going away. Like this trend isn't going away. Like I'm, I'm, I like get in on stuff early and just eventually I can kind of decide for myself, mm -hmm. but like some people are just really smart, but very tight in their ways, but eventually other smart people that they just like, they just can't avoid these stupid NFTs or Ethereum or whatever that they're just like, okay, I will admit that I was wrong. Mm -hmm. And being able to admit you're wrong in poker is, well, if you can't admit you're wrong in poker, it's really going to be tough for you to win. Because um, sometimes you just need to accept that maybe someone else played better than you. And that's kind of like a, a really good trait to possess. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, so why, uh, why, why is it, do you think, that when people get into NFTs, they can't stop talking about it? Because <laughs> I definitely feel the same way. Like, I, it's a very, very interesting topic to talk about. Like, until, and you don't get that until you buy like your first few NFTs. But once you do, then like you really, like it's so addictive. I would say like, it's so important to the world, to be honest. Like once you, so yeah, sure. Like, hey, making money. People love like when crypto was doing well in 2018 or whatever, like you may, you couldn't get away from it either because it's making, what makes money kind of like, get people clicking and then the clicks kind of drive like the action and stuff of the algorithm. So it's kind of unavoidable, but ultimately I just think that NFTs are 
so much bigger than anyone really. Un- I think very few people truly understand how massive NFTs are. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that it's going to, I like early on, we'll say like February of last year, I just kept calling it a multi industry disruptor, as in yes, like, it like is. Uh, art, music, ticketing, gaming. And now I'm discovering like even like marketing, like uh, HR even. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like records and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like, and the amount of efficiency that um, NFTs are going to create for for the world um the and like less fraudsters that will like be able to just copy a painting or something or whatever it is or or the fact that like now record labels are are kind of in like a tough spot where they kind of have to offer more to their artists or else they're just going to go to just going to create their own nfts like snoop dog has records and stuff now on that are nfts yeah yeah, yeah. Like nobody is going to, that's absolutely true. You know, and, and, and the way I see, I see NFTs as similar to digital marketing. Like, you know how we had to all learn about digital marketing. Now we have to learn about not just NFTs, but tokenization, not necessarily just NFTs, but like tokens, token, token yeah. economy, right? Because for me, NFTs uh, is like, obviously there are one type of token. And then of course, you know, then you have the cases like similar to board apes, you know, then they uh, had their fungible tokens. So I think everybody is going to need to learn about token economy, the same way that we all had to learn about digital, tra- uh, digital transformation or digital marketing and like digital everything. I mean, that's how big this is. Yeah. I mean, like it, it's also, that's, that's like kind of, it's funny because we all got an NFTs for the tech, like the honest, the people last year were all getting, let's say like early part of the year, we're getting it for the technology, mm. but like in turn, like board Ape kind of made it very prevalent that community is very important. Yes. Possibly more that that's actually like another attribute of what NFTs do because yeah you're creating a community through your own collection you know and people feel stuff emotional towards it yeah definitely because you are giving people something that very very different to the old uh model of advertising and marketing etc because you're giving something to people that as your community grows the value of that thing could go up right you know you know like um uh it's 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 a way of giving back to the community even before the community hasn't necessarily you know shown uh their um uh their loyalty in a way you know it's kind of like who who was it it was a u.s president i think who said don't say uh what um your country has done for you what have you done for your country <laughs> you know like it, yeah, it, 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 yeah yeah so, so so like in a similar kind of way it's kind of like you know, you're doing something for your community, uh, you know, uh, just for being part of it. And then that, it, I really like the definition of aligning incentives, that is like NFTs and tokens in general are a way of aligning incentives between different stakeholders. So if the stakeholders are, you know, the community and the creators, 
you know, then then uh, this in in this case, you know, then the tokens are a way to align incentives between them, so that they they have uh, a reason, you know, to go in and talk about uh, you know your community, right? So that's 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 very powerful. The other thing that um you know that I kind of like didn't it didn't click for me at first, um, and now I'm kind of like really seeing the value is that you know sometimes people compare. And I, I have talked about this repeatedly on our platform in terms of comparing, let's say, holding ETH as opposed to using your ETH to buy NFTs. There are pros and cons, and, and I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. So one thing is, okay, you when you hold your ETH, your 10 ETH is going to stay 10 ETH. It's not going to become 20 ETH, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like the value of dollar value of ETH may go up, but you still only have 10 ETH. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas, uh, or whether it's Solana, ETH, whatever it is, right? But the value of that is staying in that in that currency, um, or in that token. Um, whereas when you buy NFTs with it, then if you buy the right NFTs at the right time, then all of a sudden, instead of you know five ETH, you have maybe twenty ETH, right? And and that's a really big difference. So it's it's like it's not just like you're buying that and like sitting there. Uh, it's sitting there waiting. So, but the downside is that NFTs are not as liquid. So, what are your thoughts on balancing these? You know, I, I suppose if you have the right NFT, probably it will be liquid. I guess you know, like maybe like if if you have a doodle and you decide to sell your doodle, put it on the yeah. on the at 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 the floor price how likely it is that it will definitely sell. Probably if you look at the activity, you'll see that in the past hour, this many people have been buying and selling it. So probably it's relatively, um, you know, liquid, but maybe not quite the same as, uh, you know, like, you know, if you if you had your um, uh, board ape that, that's now worth 250 ETH, do you think like, if you put it on on the market uh, it would go right away i mean i think uh if i list it you know like uh maybe not that one um because it, it's actually very nuanced kind of how everything works um because like that one happened to be a four trait like robot so it's rare mm -hmm. and rare ones like you basically like if I listed it at floor, yeah, it, it would go within a minute, you know, I, but I'd, but I'd kind of be losing a lot of value. Um, also part of the issue is that if I want to get the value that I think it's worth like 250, I may have to wait a long time to get that sold. I, I was going to say, it's a little bit like selling a house, right? Like almost the process, like let's say if you have a mansion, you're probably going to have to wait for a while to find the right buyer. Yeah, you are. But also eventually you may just like, like strike gold and someone like will randomly just want to buy it. Um, it does happen here and there. Um, but I, I noticed this, we'll say in August or maybe it was like a little later. I think it was like September, basically after mutants came out. Mm -hmm. Um, it was literally like, I remember saying to myself, I should just take this month off of September 
come back in October. Um, and, and like, instead I just sat around and like bought stuff. And that was like, kind of like when, like, there was no real, like the liquid, there was a lot smaller. So we would all, we were all just kind of like buying up from each other and then like flipping on each other. And it was like, we're, some people were making money, but also like, you know, I bought the top of some like art block stuff and this and that. Um, but when the liquidity isn't there, it is barren. So it is vitally important to, and yes, people may be, so man, it's like, it's vitally important to take profits. Um, and you're going to feel weird when you sell that and it keeps going up for a little bit. Like the way that, so with tokens, like with Ethereum, if I'm like, all right, I'm going to get rid of it right now. Like, cool. Like instantly, it doesn't matter. Your price will get filled somehow. Um, basically at like, cause there's enough liquidity always. Um, but with NFTs, there's only like 10,000 or some of them are less. So if there's 10,000 and only 300 of them are listed or whatever, like that isn't, that aren't that many people that are trying to sell or, or maybe there's, I don't know how many buyers always, but like, I guess the, my, my point is, is that like, if you don't, if you, if the, if all of a sudden the hype is gone mm. of the community, like you won't be able to sell until you get to way 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 lower than what you wanted to sell at so like that's why whenever like you see azuki is like moving like i have an azuki that uh had since like five ethereum and i want it but it's not like a floor one so i can't just list it at floor and it'll sell like instantly because then i'm kind of losing value but also like i would like to sell it um we were very close to selling it that me and my friend, we were very close, but um, like we're, but you, but, but like, it took like a while you're talking to someone or whatever. And then the run kind of ended, you know, like there was literally a two day span where Azuki floor went from like 18 to like 33 or something. And now it's at maybe 23, 24, but like you have to catch the wave and you have to be okay with sometimes not getting the top because like maybe occasionally you'll feel good and it'll be an ego boost when you sell something at like the actual like top of of whatever the market is or the hype cycle is but once that hype is gone like yeah azuki is a good enough project that if you if i really want to list it right now i could probably list it like maybe a little above floor and someone would buy it but once it's gone um, especially with the middle tier projects or something like it becomes like you might have to wait a few months or just sell it for a price you really don't want to possibly at a loss um and uh that's kind of why like liquidity is just vital but sometimes yes. i don't listen to myself <laughs> yeah no no i i agree that's why i have been very very careful with getting to nfts because i need the like liquidity most of the time because i like i say you know there are people that i pay in eth there are other things you know a lot of um you know even without um obviously there's every, anything you do with the blockchain you're paying gas fees you know there's all that stuff so um so yeah so it's like quite scary for me to kind of know that 
I have that NFT sitting there, but if I need the money, I may not be able to get the money out right away. So I do think that yeah. definitely something you need to do with money that you definitely don't need. You definitely like, you know, for sure that you are not going to need that money. And, um, uh, you know, and then like give yourself a budget and say like, you know, I'm going to play with this. It's a little bit like, uh, I'd say there are similarities to investing in uh, real estate, but also there's uh, similarities to investing in startups because, you know, definitely with startups, you know uh, that, you know, you're investing in a number of different startups and then you, uh, like if you're an angel investing and you need to sit back for about usually five years, actually, at least in this case, you know, it's about yeah. months, right? And you're sitting like at least for about five years for that startup to build. And then, you know, then like they sell or they, you know, IPO, whatever, you know, and then you get your, um, you know, your return. Um, so, so uh, whereas with NFTs, um, you know, there is, there is always that possibility of putting it back on and kind of like a little bit around the floor price or whatever, but then you may be losing something that's um, quite rare. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a, it's definitely a difficult uh, mental uh you know, thing to get your head around, you know, and, and to be okay with it. Um, the other thing is you, you mentioned about um, the floor, sorry, the, um, the, the price going up and like, what are, so because in crypto, I understand it, right? And in crypto, I'm like, I, I get it, uh, you know, like the uh, technical analysis, all that stuff. How does that apply to um you, you know because in crypto you have the macro and then you have the technical analysis yeah uh, is it a similar kind of thing in uh, because in because although i am fairly familiar with uh nfts and i have some but i haven't really traded in a similar i have done trading in crypto but i haven't traded in in nfts any nfts that i buy uh are usually because i want access to that community um so yeah so yeah so uh, how do you compare it i mean i think it's like um a, a macro i'd say is a little more nuanced yet again um because like when ethereum and bitcoin go down you look at like the charts and it's like all red you know like there's very few that are in the green like very few um, when the entire market goes down and like, or when, when the big players go down, so does, you know, most of the ones, uh, uh below it. Um, but with NFTs, it's kind of most, it will follow that track, but you know, is this, it really kind of depends on where a project is, you know? Mm -hmm um sometimes like it, it really they really end up like you know like buy the news mm -hmm. uh or sell the news like buy the, for, buy the rumor sell the news yeah i think that like isn't necessarily the case at nfts here because okay. there's so many people that are not very experienced with trading and they just do, they just it's like I think board ape, you know, back when we start, when I started, it was just like a lot of like, oh, like, like NFT OGs, crypto guys were just like, this is happening. I need to get in. And a lot of people have sold now. Um, and there's a lot of rich, like 
you know, wealthy people from who maybe literally own yachts, um, who are just like, I need NFTs and add, or I need this because it's like a status symbol or something. And it's like those people don't necessarily care or have time to even think about the market. They're just like, oh, there's an announcement. Cool. I need to buy because like of the announcement before, like I can't buy anymore. Um, so the market isn't efficient in that way like that uh like to crypto is as or you know tokens are as much but i don't mind it's not necessarily a bad thing because like and also every project is at different points you know like sometimes like uh if something's minting it it will just like it has its own like little like flurry of stuff going on so there could be a bunch of mints when on a down day in the market and those are up because like people are like really into it or whatever um i'd say that still like yes okay obviously like it's a little more specific but you know if all of a sudden the market takes it a hit like it, it kind of like people will start looking for some liquidity and stuff um trying to sell mm-hmm. and um but man it's it's interesting because like literally like apecoin or something or like news really can just get the market going you know, yeah. blurry you know like when azuki dropped those beans a couple weeks ago or whatever where all of a sudden here's like free eight eat and it's like we don't know what they do yet but now like the market is like, I needed a Zuki. And then from there, it kind of does like trickle down, you know, whereas like you buy, if Bordep has a thing, if Zuki has a thing, if Clonex or Punks or whatever, cool. And then like, at some point, like the lower, like three to five ETH, like floors may like get some buys. And then from there, it'll trickle down a little bit. Um, but you definitely need new people coming in to keep that liquidity going. Eventually we just start trading with ourselves. Yeah. So, and with every new collection that releases new people come into the market because they bring their, like, for example, there are quite a lot of people who are getting on our whitelist that they are creating their MetaMask water for the first time, for example, you know? So, so with every new project, you know, so, so do you see a value for having, many more projects or uh do you generally think that like it's already saturated do i see a value for like more projects coming in or just in general yeah i mean because to get more people in to get more people in you need more projects in but then you get more projects in there's more saturation yeah but like you see um what'd you say it was a million people that were on uh open yeah. right now or something no no a, yeah, a million so, people have have any kind of nfts sure there's only ten thousand board apes there's only ten thousand twenty thousand clone x's and stuff um and yeah you can own each one you know uh, maybe there's overlap but these are all communities and everyone wants to find their own community so like that's not that many when there's a million people um and it, it, like that are are that own an nft like 10,000 is is 1% of that yeah so like there's plenty of nfts to go around it's just a matter of being it's kind of just like a you know startup world yes like, exactly what are, how are you going to succeed mm-hmm. 
over this person or this yeah. company or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like Moonbirds or whatever. Apparently, they they did a great job with the proof and the floors wild. It's like ninety ETH or something. Yeah. So they have a community and, and hype and and team ready that's ready to create. You know, there's always going to be new ones that come out with or new technology within NFTs. I did. I got in one called Frenzies a couple of weeks ago. Actually, the reveal is tomorrow, but it's basically like you build the traits that you want and then you mint it and then um, it'll like, that's the collection. And then those, those traits kind of like, um, if someone like picks those a bunch, then they leave and they're gone. And those are like the rare traits or whatever. So um, it was kind of fun. It was different. Um, You need to create, basically we all need to become innovators in this space and and, yeah. and and like so do you have any plans of um doing anything yourself um, because a lot of people start out and then they they go out and do their own thing i mean i i helped a couple projects out um mech arcade i was on for a bit uh or and still like you know helping them and then uh lion share poker as well but it's like uh i can only like it it just became it sucks because like when you're like all right i want to start this project cool you start this project and then six months later it becomes way 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 more ferocious of a of a of a like if you had launched the day you decided to start the project you would have minted out but it's like so you have to be very um fluid with all that stuff and and um i i think it i have am yet to like start my own project um simply because it's kind of daunting and i don't i don't like maybe one day it would be fun um but i think if i started it it would probably not have much of a like a i I wouldn't really want like it would just be like a fun thing you know like hey if you want it like you'll gain access or whatever Mm -hmm. here's like a couple thousand of like this like koala i don't know whatever it is (laughs) but like um it wouldn't i just and then maybe we could figure out stuff to do within the community once that's there. But I, I, like, it's just like you, if you're doing, if you're starting like today, like you need to be planning for 2024 launch or late 2023. I don't even know, like, and have like a legitimate team, you know, and come up with like a really good idea and this and that, like, it's just uh, it doesn't feel like something I really want to do at this point. But I did start a uh, like a, a management company actually recently helping like um, uh, it's very new, but um, and I'm just going to be helping artists and anyone who kind of just needs some help in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it's a little bit of onboarding and consulting, but also like uh, helping, like I said earlier, people who have excelled in other avenues, like in, in art or whatever but who don't really grasp NFTs or don't have like their network to help them. And I can like help them and, and get them kind of just like completely ready to go with that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's, that's kind of, yeah. yeah, that, that is so important. Like, you know, ed- educating and, and helping other people who, um, you know, because I think like it, it's one of those things that's like, even if you're 10 minutes earlier, you're ahead of, people because of the exponential growth of technology you know because of the exponential growth of uh, this innovation 
that is happening. So like, even if you're 10 minutes earlier than other people, you're ahead. Yeah. So I did just want to like kind of say that that's what I kind of arrived at. Like I unintentionally have been doing this the past year because if, if, if I like something and I'm passionate about it, I won't shut up about it. Like Formula One, like I don't stop talking about it. Um, NFTs, um, the past year, I probably helped like 15 to 20 people understand it. Yes. You know, or if you know, and it got to the point where I was like, I, I maybe I shouldn't be talking about this every single time I go out. It gets a little fatiguing, but I so I unintentionally started become, having a really good like elevator pitch on why you need NFTs. Oh, can um, you please give that to our audience because I, I want them to hear. Of course, you're you're coming onto the platform. We have a session on the fifth of May, and we are going to be talking specifically about how to become a successful collector. But um, uh, but can you for people listening to this? And you know, I was thinking like with all these terms that we are throwing around with like board apes and clone eggs and things like that. A lot of people are going to be listening to the podcast that, that they are not going to know what, what we are talking about. So, um, so let's, uh, can we give people listening to this podcast? Because actually our community started out as more of a broader, um, you know, thinking about uh, technology and, and uh, finance uh, yeah. in the beginning. And then we kind of narrowed down on, on this area in this area because I've been super passionate about it and I think this is timely now and we want to really educate people. But do you, um, uh, every day I uh, have this challenge of having to uh, explain to people what is crypto, what is NFTs, why are these things important? What does it matter? Why does it matter? Because also it, it plays into everything else that is happening. Like in, in the metaverse, then we have the DAOs, you know, all these different things that are coming, uh, coming up. So yeah, so tell me like if you, uh, what's the elevator pitch for NFTs? So I guess I would say that NFTs, like I said earlier, are a multi-industry disruptor because it's, and it's not, everyone thinks NFTs are the art and it's like the JPEG. No, it is the technology behind it. It's just on the blockchain, which is immutable, which basically means like, think of you having like a stone, like tablet, you know, like, a, like if you just back in the day, if you chiseled that on there, like you can't go, like you can't go back unless you like broke it. Um, so it's, it's on there forever. Um, but that actually provides a lot of legitimacy for a lot of things like art, like the amount of fraudsters um, that, you know, create like fake art in um, the real world. That's really annoying. Um, so for, and, and also uh, so art, then music with, um, the record labels. Um, now you you have control, and it's it, it kind of like the creator and the collector are a little more in unison now, because the like and this is also another thing is is the royalties. So the fact that you can get when I heard the term in perpetuity, I was like I remember that I've heard that from like music stuff like that means forever. So if I buy your NFT for a hundred dollars. Um, let's say the marketplace gets like 2% or whatever, and then you get like 98% of that. You're like, sweet, made 98 bucks. Cool. Uh, it's a good start. Then I list it for a thousand dollars and someone else is like, I want that NFT, that NFT sweet. Um, they buy it from me and I get like most of it, but then you have like a royalty percentage that you baked in, let's say it's 5%. So now you just made 50 bucks. 
um, from a secondary transaction. And think about what that would look like in real life. Like yeah. it's impossible. Like, oh, you want this 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 Picasso for a couple million dollars? Cool. Well, I'm gonna buy it. Like you buy it for that, and then you sell it for twenty, and then like you know, maybe not Picasso, but like say Banksy or something. Like, yeah, him getting royalties. That's incredible. Yeah, he deserves it. You know, the artist deserves it, and um, the collector deserves some too for just having being savvy and listing at a price that people bought it at. So not only is that awesome, but then you can do ticketing. Which, like, think about for Coachella, mm -hmm. you have 40,000 tickets. There's scammers all the time that reprint stuff and are able to duplicate it really well with whatever printers. But now you just have an NFT for those 40,000 uh, guests. Like, okay, if they're, if they're screwing up, it's because they went to the wrong, they, they just, it was user error completely, you know? Um, and those 40,000 people, like now they can be airdrop like posters and stuff to their address. So it's just ticketing is going to be so helpful because there's so much secondary for scams and stuff. And all these marketplaces, like at least they're fine, but they take the fees are so huge. It's like I bought a ticket yesterday and the fee was 15%, um, which is wild. So, and then also we're not even at gaming yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, gaming it's just the it's the pinnacle of <laughs> by far yeah yeah i mean like it, the fact that you'll be able to um like i don't know if you if you're a gamer at all but like yeah. let's say like fifa so mm -hmm. let's say with um fifa every year you like get like you get these cards that are like messi or ronaldo or whatever and you try to like you try to make these teams you spend all this money on these cards and then the next year those cards are gone you have to start from scratch you can't port them from year to year but if and like all the money is just going to ea sports you know but if you were able to make it nfts then now that has use and you can set sell that on secondary markets pretty easily um also if you own it maybe you get some access which is another thing like the access to all these things the fact that i can go to parties because i own an nft the fact that i went to um a burger place in long beach uh, california on sunday and got because i own a board ape i got a free burger and fries nice. like <laughs> silly stuff like that like obviously yeah. you can bake an access everywhere but you know the community that it builds is pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it's absolutely very, very interesting. Um, I'm hoping that people are listening to this, you know, at the very least take the time to um, look into it more, you know, because, you know, I think we all started out with not understanding it. And then once you get it, you start to kind of like, okay, it, it, the penny drops and then you're like, I am late to the party. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what basically happens. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you so much, um, uh, Adam. This has been very interesting. Uh, I, uh, you know, I could talk to you forever about these things. There's so much to, <laughs> to share, to explore. To we all can. Else, you know, and yeah, exactly. And we've got you back on the 5th of May. So uh, we will talk more on uh, on the on the platform in like more kind of Great. nuanced, you know, like how how can people actually start their journey? So yeah, thank you so much for that.
I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Adam Levy. He's also a contributor to the FemPeak platform, and you should definitely join and tune into his educational content. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing to it on Apple, Spotify, or any other one of your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to give it a five-star rating and write a review. The full interviews are also available on my YouTube channel, The Somi Ariane Show.